for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Larry Kruger, who hosts pre- and post-game for the San Francisco 49ers, as well as Tolbert Kruger and Brooks every weekday, 2 to 6 p.m. on KNBR 104.5 and 680, about the 49ers and the Packers from Lambeau Field in nearly, well, not nearly, it'll be below freezing temperatures on Saturday night. Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with an injured shoulder as well as an injured thumb. The Packers do not turn the football over, and Aaron Rodgers is looking to go back to another NFC Championship game. All things we can talk about with Larry Kruger, who joins me next. Today is Friday, January 21st. One of my favorite people to talk to, a good friend and colleague of mine, Larry Kruger. You hear him on the Tolbert Kruger and Brooks show on KNBR 104.5 and 680. And of course, before and after every 49er game. And Larry, we got a big one on Saturday, man. How are you feeling about this Packer game? Are you are you as confident maybe in this one as you were about the Cowboy game? First, anytime you say colleagues, it takes me back to the nutty professor. Uh, you know. <laughs> But uh, it's a hell of a scene. You, yeah, I do. Me and your grandma were colleagues. <laughs> I like this game for the 49ers. I realize Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are, they don't beat themselves. You know, they don't beat themselves. That's really the bottom line. You look at Green Bay and all the numbers, they don't turn it over. You know, they don't commit penalties. That You know, last week, Dallas was, you know, the highest penalized team in the, in the NFL this week. Green Bay's the other end of the spectrum. They're the least penalized team in the NFL. They've only given the ball away 13 times all year. And Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. He's not going to beat himself. So, you know, unlike last week where the Niners had to win, but also the Cowboys, you could count on them to beat themselves. Green Bay will not beat themselves. So the 49ers are going to have to be that much more on top of their game. You mentioned the giveaways uh, by the, the or the, the penalty yards, I should say, last week from the Cowboys. 14 penalties, 89 yards for the Cowboys. And the Niners got four first downs on those penalties. And I think the Cowboys would tell you the refs were involved in that game, especially at the end, but you got to execute. And Aaron Rodgers does that in spades. Now, it's a different-looking Packer team, and it's a much different-looking 49er rushing attack. I want to ask you, because we, we try to boil this stuff down, I think, to a couple of points every time we talk about whether or not a team can beat another. And we keep hearing, well, if the 49ers can run the ball effectively against the Packers, which doesn't seem like it would be a huge problem, then they could be able to win this game. Are we underselling the Packers' run defense? They've had nine times this year where they held their opponent under 100 yards, but they did have six times where the opponent went over 140. Something's got to give on Saturday. What's your thought on the Packer run D? Well, I think it really is tied to time of possession. If you look at the NFL, the leaders in time of possession, Green Bay's number one. They're number one in time of possession. And when you're number one in time of possession, that means your defense is on the field the most of any defense in football. You look at their numbers. They're 30th in yards per carry. They're 28th in DVOA against the run. 31 in stuff rate. 28 in explosive runs allowed. So they're already a bottom-tier run defense, and that's with their offense being number one in time of possession. So I think this is a great matchup for the 49ers for that reason, Copes. I think the, the Niners' game plan is real simple. Run the ball a lot. Convert on third down. Don't turn it over. And stop Green Bay's run completely. Get a lead and then tee off on Rodgers. It's tough to tee off on Rodgers. I think that's the number one thing. It did happen in 2019 in the NFC Championship. Obviously, he'd thrown like four interceptions all year, and then he threw two in that game alone. I don't know that you can rely on him to do that again, but as far as getting to Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari uh, was injured for all of this season, came back in Week 17, played 27 snaps. What do you think of him? He's not practicing really this week, but expected to play on Saturday. Your thoughts on him coming off a huge injury and potentially trying to stop a guy like Nick Bosa? 
Well, it helps them in the pass pro, but it hurts them, I think, in the run game because his replacement was a really good run offensive lineman. He could a little bit more strength in the run game. But Bakhtiari is a better pass protector, so it should help a little bit. I don't know how the split, if it will be 100% Bakhtiari, if they'll go 50-50. You know, that can do nothing but help them. Also, the return of Jair Alexander to their secondary can do nothing but help. He is probably one of what, maybe the top three or four or five corners in, mm-hmm. in the NFL. So getting him back is going to help as well. What did you make of the uh, the Vegas line jump from four and a half when it opened or four, four and a half? Then the injury from Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the shoulder injury was made known on Monday when Kyle did his, his injury report media session after the game on Sunday. Monday, he announces that. And then Vegas has the line jump from four and a half to six. I thought it was interesting because, yeah, I think it deserves something in the line movement. A point and a half was a lot to me because if the 49ers are to win it doesn't seem like it would be on the back of Jimmy Garoppolo. You need him to play solid football, but the guy threw the ball eight times in, in 2019 and they won. I think the 49ers can win because of their defense and that running attack. What do you make of that line movement? Was that a surprise to you? It really was. I mean, I didn't expect that, but I think it's really more about the nature of the magnitude of the players that are on the Niner injured list. So you got Bosa, you got Warner, and you got Garoppolo. You got your starting quarterback, your number one rusher, and the guy who wears the green, basically your quarterback on both sides of the ball, right? Your quarterback on defense, your quarterback on offense, and your number one speed up Rodgers element. And the fact that all those guys are less than 100%. And there was a chance, I guess, at that point that they, that one or, or maybe even all three wouldn't wind up going. That could have led to the movement. It also could just be that, you know, people looked at the first weekend of the NFL, really the top quarterback and the home teams were dominant. And maybe there was a little bit of a reaction to that. Rodgers is clearly the best quarterback in this game and the Packers are clearly at home. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. You know, I heard uh, Greg Cosell on with you and Tolbert and, and Brooks the other day, and he was talking about how in his 40-something years of analyzing football that Aaron Rodgers was the best passer. He couldn't think of a better passer, I think, was the terminology or the phrasing that he used. Right. I, was, I was thinking about that in terms of, of legendary quarterbacks. Yeah, like Joe Montana, if you need a drive at the end of the game, maybe the best ever. Uh, as far as, like, field general, it's probably Peyton Manning. As far as winning, it's probably Tom Brady. Do you buy into that? Is that is that where you come down to? Is Aaron Rodgers the best, like, pure passer you've ever seen? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you watch that camera from the, the, the close-up on his face at the line of scrimmage, the guy can be in the most stressful situations. He almost looks like he wants to take a nap. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just is, you can't fool him. He's seen every look forever. He's well coached. He's really smart. I thought the other thing that was interesting is that uh, Cosell pointed out that, you know, he's just got an innate connection to, he knows where all the pieces on the chessboard are at all times. Look at the last seven games. He's got a quarterback rating of 124 with 20 touchdowns and no picks. I mean, he hasn't thrown a pick since the middle of November. You know, it's it's you know Jan- late January. So I mean, you you can't fool him. The only thing you can do is take away his run game and pressure him in his face. But I do like the way the Niners are going right now as far as their defensive line. They're getting, on average, the last two weeks, five sacks and you know between ten and fifteen hits on the quarterback. And that stunt package they're using up front where, you know, Key is crossing the quarterback's face and they're shooting gaps. I think that may have an effect and may bother Rodgers if they can pressure him right in his face. I look back to uh, to those two New York Giants games against the Patriots in the Super Bowl where they messed with Tom Brady because 
they were able to rush forward. If he can rush forward, he can play pass protection and also get to the quarterback, which is what the Niners appear to have done well uh, all season long. Certainly in the back half of the season, they've been really, really good at it. That's how you can make the, the quarterback uncomfortable. You think Rodgers is susceptible to that same style of rushing attack, or is he so mobile and so good on the fly and so good at improvising that that makes it much more difficult? Well, I think you have to vary your looks. You got to give him a bunch of different looks. You got to create. You got to create some some indecision at the at, at the snap. And then I think you got to take away his first read, uh, and and then you go from there. I mean, in in the week three matchup, Niners had seven pressures and one sack. He got the ball out in two point three seconds, and he neutralizes the rush. So. In this game, I think you got first of all Devonte Adams. He he targeted Devonte Adams eighteen, 18 times yeah. out of thirty three passes. Yeah, so incredible. make him show you that Valdez Scantling is going to beat you. Make him go to Degura. Make him throw it to his. Make him throw it to anybody who's not Devonte Adams because those guys are locked in, kind of the way that Young and Rice were locked in. I mean, they're locked in a, in a way that no receiver quarterback is right now. So. I would say t- try to take away his first look, create a little bit of indecision, and cross your fingers. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. Who, who's your guy for Devontae Adams? Who, who do you who do you trust and believe in this weekend to stop him or or contain him a little bit? Well, it's going to have to be a group effort, Copes, because they move him around, and you know, so he'll be in the slot, he'll be outside, he'll they'll use him on both sides. The nice thing though, I is you know the Niners don't have any depth on the corner, but Ambry Thomas has grown up. He's got good size, good speed, and he should be able to mirror Adams. And then you got K1, who's, you know, that's a mismatch against K1. K1's better against the run, but K1 will fight and he's smart. And then Mosley's your, your best corner. So I don't love it from any perspective, but I don't hate it from any perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think Amber Thomas played a nice game last week. I'm surprised to see him show up on the injury report this week, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, he was dealing with some sort of a knee bang or bruise or something like that. But as far as Amber Thomas is concerned, I, I sort of look at, you know, in the NBA, we get these guys now who come out of college after one year and they're 19 years old, and sometimes if they're a lottery pick, you just write them off because, eh, they didn't have a big year. They weren't big rookie season guys. But a lot of times it takes them two, three, four years to develop into their body, into growing into kind of what an NBA man or body is supposed to be. I feel like with Ambry Thomas, because he sat out that year in Michigan due to COVID, it's taken him longer this season to get up to speed. But the back end of the season has been decent for him. What's your assessment of his play? I think he's playing the hardest position there is in sports. I mean, you're opposite guys who are running 4-3 who know where they're going and you're backpedaling and you don't know where they're going. The margin for error is nothing if you're a corner. It's a really hard job, and very few guys have the physical ability to do it. This guy does, though. He's got length. He's got speed, and football's important to him. And over the course of the year, he's gotten better. And then the fact that the COVID-19 thing, he sat out the year. So when I, mean, I saw him in Camp Copes, I thought, forget it. Put a line through this guy. He won't make the team. Mm. He looks so. He looked like a fish out of water. But he's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better all year long to the point now where he's playing with a lot of confidence. So I, I, and he's always had the physical combination of size and speed. So now he's been coached up. He's in a good rhythm. You know, Rodgers could toast him and it wouldn't shock me, but we're getting the best of Ambry Thomas right now. I think Rodgers could could toast Deion Sanders and it wouldn't shock me. I'd be like, damn, <laughs> exactly. damn he's so damn exactly. good. Uh, just a thought here on Jimmy Garoppolo on the way out, man. Uh, 
you know, the, the, the Trey Lance thing aside, his his great play at the end of the game or, or the drive he put together at the end of the game uh, against the Rams in Week 18, people will be talking about that for generations probably. Every game we get to now could be his final game as a 49er. But when you look at this from his perspective, is this a game where you need him to play big, you need him to make big throws on third down, or you look into the support cast and saying, yeah, he's banged up, he's hurt. Just be out there, be tough, and don't make mistakes. Don't give the ball away, and you can win. What are you looking for from Jimmy? on Saturday more than anything no turnovers if it's possible I mean he really hasn't had a clean game in quite a while so he's kind of due for a clean game I think this game if you made me guess I think this is the game that resembles the 2019 postseason where they ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it because you know Shanahan's averaging 195 rushing yards per game on the ground in the four playoff games he's coached and I think that's the recipe to beat Green Bay as you run for 200 I think if I had my druthers, and I would imagine Shanahan feels the same, I'd like a 70, maybe even 75-25 run-pass split. I want to run heavy game plan and ask Jimmy to do very little, and hopefully at the end of the game he hasn't turned it over. Larry, always fun, man. Uh, I'll talk to you on the pregame show on uh, on Saturday. I'll do the pre-pre-pregame, and then we'll talk uh, <laughs> during the pregame on Saturday, man. Great chat with you as always, and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Love being on with you, man. Anytime. Great stuff from Larry Kruger, one of my favorite people to talk football with. You can hear him before and after every 49er game, home or away, and you'll hear him on Saturday on KMBR 104.5 and 680. It's going to be a tall task for the 49ers, especially with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got to hit the quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and they've got to avoid turnovers, and that's where Jimmy's injured shoulder comes into play. Thank you to Larry Kruger. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. On Monday, we're going to talk to Vic Tafer, who covers the Raiders for us here at The Athletic, about their coaching and general manager search. Are they going to hire John Harbaugh? He's the favorite in Vegas as it stands right now. Until then, enjoy the football this weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.